beauty of that story. Other people's perception of you ain't none of your business. I wonder if this is what normal people feel like. Well, like Eleanor Roosevelt said, well-behaved women rarely make history. And nothing says mental health um, cast live like, say, starting with, I drank a whole bottle of wine. everybody welcome back to the show hi everybody you gotta get a lot closer to that microphone for them to hear you that's true let me get let me get myself together this is why we need to buy our arm hi wow (laughs) that doesn't sound right buy an arm yes yeah it kind of sounds like we're like you know buying robotics somewhere or people people parts or people parts like you're gonna go buy a kidney you know, I mean, I'm sure like a good kidney on the more black market. I mean, what is it these days? What is it going for? Why would I know that information? I don't know. I certainly, I certainly don't know that information. I've never sold a part on the black market. Neither have I. <laughs> oh my goodness! So we're back for another week. Thank you for joining us all across the world, uh, seventy-six countries and growing um and my wife is becoming such a popular uh bipolar or mental health advocate i mean gosh she's like she had followers all over twitter and tiktok and facebook and i'm super impressed with you you're not impressed with you i'm not impressed with me and you're never impressed with you no i'm never impressed with me i know made the dean's list at ivy and you still didn't no, they never gave impressed. it to you. Right, they gave they it to gave you. They gave it to me. They felt they, bad. They felt bad. That's right. They felt bad. That's it. They just felt bad. That's a whole lot of feeling bad. <laughs> this is stupid. <laughs> That's a whole lot of feeling bad. Uh, so anyway, so we made it through what last week. We finally played Genevieve. Genevieve, and you know what? Genevieve sent us a nice note. You know what? I just thought about this. this is totally not scripted and impromptu, and it's for real because she did send us. The beautiful, beautiful note um, about the show. Because, of course, we didn't, we, we, well, we told you it's been a while. Yeah, that was she earlier said, this year. She said to me, she goes, hey there, just saw the episode is up. Thank you so much for all you both do for the communities you serve. It's so rare and special what you both bring to every single episode. Your courage, strength, and transparency are such rare qualities and you share this with such consistency it truly creates a safe and wonderful space for others to explore their authentic their authentic selves thank you both for being you in a world that doesn't make it easy i was just like that that was wasn't that was a sweet it was very sweet that was such a sweet message it's very sweet yeah, I mean, thank you very much, G. You uh, you did a really good job, and in fact, a lot of people were. I've seen a lot of comments about and retweets and reposts of the show on ADHD, and Amy in particular, uh, Doremus, like she was all on it, having a discussion um, mm-hmm. about it. So it was definitely a timely 
I think, discussion, even though we recorded it earlier this year. It was timely. It was. It was. It was. Right. So anyway, uh, you know, it's been, it's, it, you know, first before we move in. I was going to say, are you going to talk about? Yeah, we, we, we definitely want to offer our condolences to the royal family. Um, um, uh, your Highness, uh, I mean, your Majesty, Queen Elizabeth II passed away, as you, everyone knows by now. And of course, King uh, Charles, uh, what is it? The third. The third. Um, has the third. now ascended to the throne. My prayers and thoughts and beyond, uh, you know, being the face of uh, the United Kingdom and the monarchy and the Commonwealth. Uh, it, this is a real family with real feelings and real emotions. So my condolences um, to all of you. And during this time, and uh, and may you have a moment to to mourn and reflect, and also celebrate. You know, in my tradition, we like to celebrate uh, the life of those who have gone home. So I hope that you and your family, uh, your Majesty King Charles um, the third the third, are able to to mourn and celebrate um, her life. Uh, and reflect upon your personal experiences in the way that is authentic and personal and private. So I um, think that's what's so sad about it is like, because there's all the pops and circumstances and, and all the rules and regulations, like they don't get time to grieve. Like her son doesn't get time to grieve. Yeah. I mean, it's a very short time to grieve. That's true. And, and of course, and, and he can't grieve like he probably feels on the inside publicly. Yeah. Not publicly because he has to maintain um, Decorum. his, you know, well, professionalism and stately and diplomatic nature. And he's a leader and, you know, he, he has to drive through, you know, these very painful times. So, you know, I think that's sad. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all have to do it. We can't all walk down the street and grieve um, in public. We none, should. None of us can do that. Um, first of all, to be someone who take who take pure advantage of that in those private moments, and these are very vulnerable and raw times. And um, so, anyway, uh, you know, uh, the whole country is mourning. I've loved hearing all of the tributes from. Um, the House of Commons and uh, Parliament, and, and um, yeah, that's the House of Commons. Oh, that's the House of Commons. Um, so it's been very, you know, very nice to to see. And in the cooperative community, you know, uh, those who I don't know if you guys know, we had the opportunity to go uh, and be in the United Kingdom in 2019 when I spoke at a conference, um, the Cooperative UK Retail Conference, and and to, we toured Rochdale and it's kind of cool that we toured Rochdale and, um, and you so know, did the queen. so did the queen and her husband, um, the Duke um, also toured. And so it's kind of cool that like, you know, we shared, you know, some experience together, although loosely <laughs> and at different <laughs> times. Um, so it's, it's still pretty cool. So, um, you know, again, my heart goes to the entire nation and entire Commonwealth um, during this time and know that you have friends and family that love you here in the States. Yes. Um, so how was your week, honey? Um, it was actually good. I actually, I met with, um, the doctors and they are happy that I am finally at baseline. And that's, you know what? I must admit you have done nothing but improve, uh, you know, since that medication you left behind. Yeah. The Stratera. Mm-hmm. I think this, this is, is our, is this our guest? Yeah, that's Chloe. 
Oh, let's Chloe. Okay. Just Chloe hang, or ha Chloe. hang in there, Chloe. Hold on. We'll invite you as a speaker. I think you already have everything set up. Um, there she is. There I, I am. Hear me, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. 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 Yeah, we're just doing our intro. Uh, okay. you know, talking about the week and yeah i mean join the conversation so honey like you were talking about your week and baseline i baseline. am baseline finally <laughs> yeah since um last december so it's almost been a year it's almost been a year that i haven't been a baseline yeah it's been it's been a long journey and I, i'm blessed that you made time. it back some people don't come back from those types of things so i'm super happy that you know you came back from it and and some here. people don't figure out what it is I mean, we figured it out. We did. I'm going to do the clap. Right. And it's. Sorry. Go ahead, Chloe. No, you're good. It's definitely like such a feeling of accomplishment when you kind of reach that. And it's like, oh, my God, is this what it feels like? Yeah, this is it. We're good. <laughs> right. I tell you, it's, you know, it's it's definitely a journey and it takes a. Not to sound trite, but it definitely takes a village. And it takes a lot. It takes up more than a village. It takes an, an a universe. It takes, it takes a, a lot. An entire to ecosystem. To say the least. <laughs> right? It's so. a lot. Well, welcome to the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into it? Yeah, Who are sure. You? Um, I am I am Chloe. <laughs> um, I'm 27 years old. I'm currently um, living out on the East Coast now. I'm a West Coast transplant. So, um, and... My mother had bipolar disorder. My sister has bipolar disorder, and I have mm. bipolar disorder. Mm. So it, it runs in the family just a little bit. Um, so so e it, everyone won the prize. Yeah, we yeah, pretty much. Usually do. Pretty much. So, and it's you know it's definitely uh, difficult you know thinking about having a family in the future, knowing that that's something I could potentially pass on to my kids as well. Yeah, that's so, always something but, to worry about. Yeah. So where so, so where are you from out west? Uh, California. I was born and raised there until I was uh, 15. Oh, wow. Where in yeah. California? I was in the Bay Area, right in Livermore. So nice, right in the middle of wine country. Um, my dad still lives out there. He's actually getting ready to move out here. Um, hopefully, hopefully this year. We're, we're really hoping. Oh, so, good. No, that's but, really cool. You are 27, you said, right? Yep. When... And and this is going to be interesting because your family has it. Right. When were you diagnosed? I was diagnosed in college. So I think I was 19 or 20. Okay. Um, my mom wasn't diagnosed, I think, until she was around the same age, maybe a little bit older. I think maybe after she had my brother. And I, I didn't even know that she had it, I think, until maybe middle school or so. Okay. Um, and it was kind of like everything started to make a little bit of sense. So and then even when I was diagnosed, it was like, oh, OK, now this makes sense, too. So did you show did you because some people through their childhood will show um, signs of it. Did you show signs of it at all or was it just all of a sudden when you got to be a teenager? I, I would say looking back i probably did show signs of it um unfortunately in my family mental health issues were not discussed um or even acknowledged really so it took 
to the point of, you know, having something horrible happen to me where I finally got to go to therapy to actually be diagnosed. But I had definitely been showing signs through at least middle school, maybe even younger. That's interesting that your mother was diagnosed and it was still not talked about. She she came from a family where you don't talk about that kind of thing. It was yeah. all about the outward image that you projected to the world and you just you didn't talk about that kind of thing. You know, she had a lot of horrible things happen to her life that most of her family still don't know about to this day even after she passed away. Mm-hmm. So it's it's you know, it's kind of tough just even now talking about it with my family and trying to make it more of a normalized thing to talk about with them. But I feel like as a society, we are kind of reaching that point too, which makes it a little easier. Uh, Or I don't know, easier is the right choice of words, but just less, I don't know, less less difficult, I guess. (laughs) Well, there's less stigma. We're we're starting to chip away at the stigma a bit. Yes, absolutely. Right. We're definitely trying to get to the point where we continue to tell these stories over the stigma of having mental illness of any sort. And it's, you know, it's nice that you're brave enough to come out here and tell us the story. You know, it's one of the biggest fears of Rebecca is that one of our children will have bipolar. And so sometimes she's a little hypervigilant. Like, you know, it's like every little thing. like They get moody and I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, oh, my God, they have bipolar. And I'm just like, honey, that is, yeah. So it's, it's certainly a concern. So do you have any young people? Did you guys have any kids yet? Not yet. Um, I, my boyfriend and I, you know, are definitely planning for a family in the future. Um, we have, we have compromised on one biological child and then we will foster and maybe adopt in the future. So that's our compromise. He wants the biological child. Um, and I was like, I'll give one to you and that's it. (laughs) So that was going to be my question is who wanted the biological? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I grew up in a family where most of my family was not blood related to me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, also knowing that a lot of the mental health issues that do run in my family, you know, including like schizophrenia, psychosis, you know, anxiety, disorder, you know, depression, bipolar disorder, definitely. It just makes me a little bit worried. But, you know, he always assures me like, you're not going to go through that alone. You're, you know, you're going to have this other person that's going to be here. You're going to know what to expect going into it. And you're going to know how to help them go through that. Right. So have you, and, and you are clinically diagnosed now and, and are you on medication? Yes, I am on, um, uh, what's it called? Lamictal. I'm on, I mean, general, you know, the generic stuff, but I'm on mm-hmm. Lamictal now. Been on that for a couple years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so far that's, out of every other medication that I have been on, that has worked the best for me to just kind of not necessarily like zombify me like the other ones have, but just make it so much more manageable. Right. That's that's Lamictal and that's Rebecca. I mean, yeah, that's that's my I've been on it for like almost 20 years now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a great medication for us. That, and stuff, in fact- that stuff is amazing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we screwed, we screwed everything up when I came off of it. Cause we were like, maybe there's a better option. And then right. that's when everything went downhill. Yeah, I know. Latuda is, is not a fan. She's not a friend to our family. Like, yeah, she's yep. not welcome here anymore. <laughs> right. Right. That's know? how I felt when I was on Seroquel. 
I yeah. was, oh my gosh, I had like just horrible side effects from it. And I was like, this stuff is just not working at all. Like I feel worse on it. I feel like even more out of control with this. And to be fair, I was getting it prescribed through a primary care physician because I didn't have a psychiatrist at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, as soon as I got a psychiatrist, she was like, oh no, we're taking you off of that stuff. <laughs> I was like, okay, good. Yeah. yeah, you know, it. everybody reacts to medication differently, but I hear very few success stories with Seroquel. Yeah, I like looking, you know, it's one of those things I kind of, that was the option that I had at the time. That was the access to mental health care that I had at the time. Mm-hmm. So I just, I kind of had to roll with it and just kind of deal with it. But I mean, having been unmedicated for majority of my life, you know, it wasn't like the worst thing. Um, I mean, it just wasn't. It just wasn't helpful. You mentioned at the top or the beginning of the show that you had a a matter or a, an experience that yeah. you know that was really kind of tragic. Is that something you feel comfortable sharing? Um, oh, you yeah, don't have absolutely, to. absolutely. Okay. Um, so the the entire reason why I started going to therapy um, is that I was sexually assaulted while I was in college. Um, and that I think kind of like opened my mom's eyes to the fact that I was dealing with all of this other stuff that was going on. Um, and I, I first started seeing a school therapist and I think she kind of caught on that that was something I wanted to continue. Um, so I wound up actually leaving that school, um, for many reasons. Um, but that kind of like jump started the whole kick into therapy. And it was like, oh my gosh, it's so nice to just have somebody else that I can talk to about this stuff that has an objective standpoint that can actually help me through this stuff. And then my mom being unmedicated for that entire period of my life as well until I got into college, she also kind of caught on and she started going to therapy. My brother started going to therapy. So it, it started a little bit of a movement in our family, um, and it it sucked a lot because um, she she kicked me out of the house after I left college because yeah. she was very upset that I left, um, and we didn't speak to each other for two years um, or see each other for wow. two years, and then out of the blue one day, she called me and she was like, I have stage four cancer, and there's a very good chance that I'm not going to survive this. Um, and I, I mean, obviously I was like, okay, I'm coming down to see you. Like whatever happened in the past, whatever complicated yeah. feelings I have about our relationship, like that doesn't matter right now. And let me tell you, it was the best five months I had ever had with her of my entire life. Wow. And, um, because did you guys, she, did you guys have a rocky relationship growing very up? Very rocky relationship. I mean, I grew up with a mother bipolar. that was had unmedicated bipolar depression. So it yeah. wasn't even like walking on eggshells. It was like walking on glass because no matter what I did, I was going to be in the wrong for it and I was going to get punished for it. So. Well, and I'm sure it didn't help that you yourself was bipolar. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then having my older sister in the house too, you know, like three unmedicated people with bipolar disorder all living under one roof together. I was couldn't imagine not- it. Yeah, that's not a very good combination. It was, I mean, it was bad enough to have two, but to have three, 
That's yeah, true. I will say as much as I love my sister, it did get a lot better after she moved out um, because she is, I love her to death, but she's a little bit more mentally unstable than the rest of us. Um, yeah. And unfortunately that, you know, she never caught on to the therapy medication train. I don't know why I've, you know, we've all kind of not like tried to put, you know, force her into it, but just try to like show her like you don't have to live like this. You don't have to live with your mind just working against you all the time. Like you can live a happier, healthier life, you know, just and just put that work in yourself, you know, with the help of somebody else. What is so, her what what is what is her resistance? Like what why does she not want to try my You know, I you honestly know? I honestly really don't know. I really don't. And it's something that for the life of me, I don't know if I'll ever figure out. So she just, for everything else that she puts into her body, for some reason, she doesn't want to put medication into it. Yeah, I don't. That, that sounds like my brother. Like he'll, he'll self-medicate self with all sorts of interesting yes. things. Except oh, yes. doctor prescribed medication. Yeah. Those are, those are bad. Those right. are bad. I always try to understand that logic, and I don't think it's illogical. So, it, like, it is. You, you can't, can't understand, understand it. it. I try to wrap my head with her own brother. I'm like, you know, you're not exactly. You haven't been always buying what you do from an actual store, and you trust that. You've trusted that right? for many years, and yet you won't trust an RX drug because it's right. It's, that, it is, it it's blows my mind. It blows my mind, really. Well, there was there was one day just recently that I was talking to him and I was telling him something about my med. It was when my medication wasn't working very well. And he was like, well, you know, it's the medication that's causing it, right? <laughs> I was like, what? And he was like, the medication is causing your depression. Like, that's what it is. And I was like, so what was causing the depression before I was on medication? <laughs> like, I don't understand the logic. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you're like, you're, you're not really coming to the right conclusion there, bud. Yeah, that doesn't make sense, but cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah and no maybe and maybe that's it, too, because she does, you know, self-medicate, and maybe she just has in her head that she's doing okay with that, even though she's really not. Yeah. And I don't – I think I think part of it, too, is that she's just lived this way for so long that she just doesn't know any other way, and I don't – you know, unfortunately now in California, so she's halfway across the country, um, you know, with, you know, she has a a year, a, a one-year-old son, and she's Oof. currently pregnant with her second child, um, and I, I feel she's bad. She's been having some I manic can't. moments, I can see. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. her... Her last manic moment was when she decided at eight months pregnant that she was going to drive across the country by herself without telling anybody out to California. Of course. So, and I, I only figured it out because I was watching her Snapchat stories and I was like, Nevada, Utah. I was like, I wonder where she's going. I was like, does anybody know where she's going? Because she hasn't said anything to anyone. So, and now she's stuck out there because she can't afford to move back. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, Poor thing. Yeah, that's tough. That's, and that's, that's, that's been really, that was a really, really difficult relationship, um, especially after my mother died because my mother did everything for her. Any sort of uh, sticky situation she got herself into, mommy would come to the rescue and save her. And so, so is your, is your dad near her? 
So she she and I do not share the same biological father. I see. Um, my dad is like her father figure, but they're not, you know, they're not really close. They do live like within an hour of each other. She has his phone number. She just doesn't ever reach out. So and yeah, he's not he's not the kind of person that's going to either. So he's a very like standoffish kind of parent. So and so he's so so I guess to speed up you had a you had a crisis, you had yes. a trauma. Right. Um and now you've been on Lamictal for many many moons now yeah. and you said it's like it's really good. So then when did you meet your fiance and you know how did it go when you told him about your mental health so i actually met him while oh i gotta think of what medication i was on when i met him um i think i was on the seroquel when i met him um and i was i was i'm so i'm uh i worked with horses so it's a very like weird situation where i was living with my boss on the farm Mm -hmm. um, that I was working at and I'm, I'm very open and upfront about my mental health. That's like mm -hmm. one of the first things I tell people, maybe not on like the first date, but very, very early on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was, he, he was open, kind of receptive to it. He's like, I'll be honest. I don't really know kind of what all that means, but you know, he's like, I don't really care about that. As long as you're not going to murder me in the night, we're good. <laughs> so <laughs> there've been some and, nights I slept with one yeah. eye open. Let me tell you. No, I'm right. kidding. Um, so you, so hold on. Let's let's pause sidebar. Sure. I, I'm curious about this horse training career. <laughs> yeah. Are you are you still working with horses? Um, now I'm in small animals. So I'm a now I'm a small animal vet tech, but I still have a horse. Um, actually, I inherited one of my mom's horses after she passed away and it was one that she bred. So I we've had her literally since before she was born. I was there when she was born. So now she's 18 this year. Um, so I'm still very much involved in the horse world. I have plans to have a, a future horse business doing equine assisted therapy. Uh, working with, you know, veterans, children with special needs, you know, sexual assault survivors, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, so I have you plans know, to return to the professional horse world. Do you know this on my own terms. So do you I'm ride sorry. also like competitively? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, do you know? Do I you don't know necessarily compete anymore. I used to in college, but I'm mm -hmm. just not a very competitive person. I just find it more anxiety inducing than fun. So... I'm not going to pay money for somebody to judge me on my horrible riding. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. I used to know so I don't know if you know um, a woman by the name of Erin Gilmore. She actually used to ride competitively, and now she's a horse photographer. And she's still in the area. Like, well, because we live in Maryland, too. So she, I think okay. she works, works in Loudoun, and then she comes down your way, too. Because you're okay. in Southern Virginia, and um, which is, like, where my family's from, too. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's it, you're the second person I know that's in that world. That's pretty <laughs> yeah. good. That's a sidebar. That's not why we're here. But good. No, it's no, great. you're fine. You're good. <laughs> no, but, that's cool. Um, and, and, and what does your fiancé do? He is a safety coordinator for um oh god i don't know they ship like shipping materials for like drywall and stuff um but he actually he actually just started his own power washing business he just got he just filed for his llc this week no kidding. so 
he's he's very excited to take on that business venture um i mean the man can make friends with literally anybody that he meets so this is kind of perfect for him um he's and, just and, and let me guess you have stranger danger all the time not really but yes at the same time <laughs> so he says that I'm because not, i'm very I'm not as charismatic as he is he only said that because I'm very stranger danger and he is very much. <laughs> yeah. I've never met a stranger in my whole entire life. What are you talking about? She told yeah. me that I need to stop talking to strangers. Yes. <laughs> dangerous. It's I, dangerous. But I feel like he just like, he just exudes the charisma off of him yeah. and people will just come up to him and start like talking to him. And I'm like, why are you talking to them? Stop doing yeah. that. People will come up to Steven and tell him like their darkest secrets. <laughs> yeah, yes. you don't need to know that. Like, oh my god, that to yes. yourself. You know, yep. I just feel like I'm connected to the universe in a special way, and maybe people sense that about me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you are special. You are special. You're a special little boy. <laughs> well, I well, told that... him if he can't make a living off of this, he can always go into realty because he could definitely sell a house to anybody. So, yeah, I look, I love, I love real estate myself. So, so that's great. So he's been very open to the matter. So, what wh wh that always terrifies me, like the idea right. of mm -hmm. having to date with a mental illness. Like, I don't even, I can't even comprehend how you would even go about. <laughs> bringing that subject up. I mean, yeah. we were already married when we found out that I had a mental illness. So it wasn't a uh, conversation okay. that needed to be had. <laughs> I was right. about to say, honey, we it was dated like, oh, with it's a mental illness. too late now, you're trapped. So you right. Well, we dated, we dated with a mental illness, but it was unknown. Like, it right. wasn't like I had to, like, did... I didn't have to like announce it to you. Right, that's right. That's true. That's true. But well, I, you didn't have to me, announce. I mean, for me, it was I lived my most of my life um, just dealing with a lot of that stuff very quietly because that's what I was used to was just, you know, yes, I can tell you that I have it, but I'm not necessarily going to like tell you what exactly I am dealing with in the moment. Yes. I'm going to deal with that stuff inwardly. And you just might see kind of the byproducts of it. Mm -hmm. So because that's that's what got me through my entire life and kept me alive. So hey, whatever works. Whatever works. And that's exactly that's they tell us that that's not how you're supposed to do it. I mean, yeah, you get into therapy yeah. and they're like, that's not how you're supposed to do it. And it's like, look, yeah. it got me to it got me to 27, right? Exactly. It got me to 39. Like I'm doing okay. Right. Look, they, and that's they, my therapist told me she was like, look. She was like, yes, the coping mechanisms that you have aren't necessarily healthy and conducive to living a healthy life, but it was what you needed. It was what your mind needed at that time to survive, to yeah, it's get what you we, through to this point. It's what we came up with. We yes. like, yeah. I don't know how to deal with this. Let's do it this way. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's definitely been kind of difficult for both of us just kind of going into almost unexplored territory kind of me telling him the stuff that I'm dealing with and him trying to understand that as well because I think he still kind of struggles with trying to understand the reasoning behind why he's like well why are you depressed like everything is good you know you have me to support you and I'm like but my brain just doesn't work that way it just it just happens and I can't control it yeah, because my brain hates me most. My brain just doesn't just doesn't work that way. <laughs> well, you know, it is you know what, and it's always those moments when like everything seems or should that you would 
think that everything is well. Yeah. So like from from a, from a spouse or a partner's perspective, we're like, man, everything's good. Bills are paid. We're living our best life. Everything's good. We're moving in the right direction. Our lives are growing together. Our relationship is growing. And that is exactly when bipolar shows up and yes. disrupts everything. Yep. yep. And then from the outside, it's like, everything is good. Why are you like that? You know, and it's yeah. almost like we're making it up, right? Like yeah. we're doing it for attention or something. And it's like, and no. it sucks too, because you're, I'm at this point where like, I'm aware that it's happening. I know it's happening and I can't stop it. And I just have mm-hmm. to go with it. And you just, you just ride it out and eventually it stops. Eventually it, you know, it goes away. Eventually you go, you know, back to your midline and you just wait for the next time to come. It's so funny too, because it's, I always tend to tell people and I tell myself, like, it's not going to last forever. Like we're cyclical. It's going to change. It feels like we're going to be sad and in our bed forever, but it's, your brain just won't, it will change. And I feel like in a way that, that definitely does help to just like not drag yourself down into the abyss that your brain pulls you into. It's like, okay, no matter how bad it gets, there's always going to be that light at the very end and you just have to wait for it to get closer and you just have to deal with this. It's going to really freaking suck, but you just have to do it. Well, I mean, you you know, what sucks is, is, is like when, you know, when you are in a funk and all of a sudden the crinkled sheets begin to upset you and you cry. Um, yes. That's what Rebecca goes yeah. through. And I feel it's so like, bad. It's, it's the smallest thing, the right? Smallest it's like things. It's the end of the world and now I can't sleep or it's the end of the world and I don't want to move. And yep. Yeah. It's always the smallest thing. I'll literally thing. just be sitting here and I'm just like, wow, I just really feel like crying all of a sudden. I don't know why. I'm just going to cry. So we're just going to let it happen. And, you know, sometimes you just have to let it happen. You know, you just. You always feel so much better for it afterwards. I, that's. <laughs> That's my toxic trait, though, is I'll sit here and be like, I want to cry. And it's like, you're not going to cry. That's the last thing we're going to do. As long as you're in a more appropriate setting, like in your house where you can cry comfortably, then I just let it happen. And if I'm out in public, I wait until I'm alone and then I go cry. Like, I've gotten very good at, you know, not just holding my emotions in, but like holding them in until I can let them out in a more appropriate place. That's, you know, and, and that's quite the accomplishment. It is because <laughs> I, I'm not there yet. <laughs> it has taken cool. a long time to get to this point. And I still, I will, I mean, I'll be completely honest. I'm still not hundred percent great about it, but it's, it's a lot better than it used to be. It used to be I would just hold everything inside and I would just push it down and say, just don't deal with it. If you ignore it, it's not there. It's going to go away. It's going to go away. But guess <laughs> what? It doesn't go away. No. And it chooses the most inopportune moments to really rear its head. And that's when you don't have any control over it. Well, I think one of the things that I have recently been able to do is notice when it's happening because before I wouldn't notice until it was already like happening and I'm depressed and in bed. Yeah. Um, and Steven was very good. And, and I don't know if your um, partner is as well. He, he was very good at watching it and knowing that it was coming. Like he would see the signs before I would see the signs. Yeah. And it still didn't, it didn't make it any better because like, I start talking right. about like, something's wrong. Like you can really honey, I'm noticing that much. About no, it. I'm not. 
all of a sudden she's gonna chew my head off and then she realizes <laughs> oh yeah i must be having a bad day. yeah yeah <laughs> he's definitely gotten a lot better about kind of catching on to it and kind of you know he just he re he's read me a lot better and especially mm -hmm. we've been living together for a couple years now um and i think that's that's made it a lot easier for him to kind of see the signs mm -hmm. so but I definitely well, am probably still the first person to catch it before he does. But that's well. Okay. Tell him don't feel bad. I've been married for eighteen years this year, <laughs> and there's still things that I miss. And sometimes she'll look <laughs> at me and be like, "You would think after all of these years, you, <laughs> you would get noticed. it, right?" <laughs> so I, I'm so not so perfect. I'll tell him there's still hope for him. Then yeah, there's hope. There's lots there's of hope. hope. Lots of yeah. hope. No, that's that's great. And um, wow. And so. In terms of your family history, you know, so, so your mom had bipolar, but she never got it treated. Is that what you're saying? Not until, it smells like horrible to say, but like not until the end. So she mm -hmm. actually did, um, what is it, the TMS therapy. Mm -hmm. um, and that. Explain I, that a little bit. Do you know? Do you, um, do you know? So it's like, it's transmag. Hmm transcranial magnetic stimulation and the way she explained it to me is and this is going to sound really bad but it's like more scientific shock therapy but like not actual shock therapy it's not actual shocks it's magnets it's, it's yes so essentially so it's a six week course of treatment and you have to go in i believe like four or five times a week um, the first like couple sessions, they calibrate the machine to your brain. And then this is the way she explained it to me. I have not looked into it completely for myself. So if I say something wrong, I claim ignorance. Um, no, that's okay. Then, this is fascinating. But, but then the way she explained it to me is that once it's kind of calibrated to your brain, then they they kind of selectively use the magnetic stimulation to just i guess fix the parts of your brain that are broken um interesting how long does this technique last what's the life cycle I, i'm pretty sure it's you know it's i don't know if it's necessarily a one and done but it's supposed to be like long lasting effects like i'm talking years and you might just have to kind of go in every once in a while and just get like a little tune up but um, we, we need to find a specialist. You know what? You bring up a good point. There no, I don't know actually, much about it either. There is actually somebody, I think in Virginia, that does it when I looked into it. Um, uh, I, I think it's Greenbrier, Greenbrier Therapy. Hmm. So, Because I had briefly looked into it, and then I saw that you had to go in like four or five times a week, and I was like, oh, crap, I can't do that. Um, right. Yeah, that's that right there is it's, already going to knock people out of being able commitment. to do it. It's a really big commitment. But when I tell you that she was like a completely different person in a good way, it was like phenomenal. It was the person that I never thought she was ever going to be, but it was the person that I always wanted her to be. And it sucks even more because I only got that for five months and it, I kind of kick myself sometimes for not just, you know, quashing whatever that we had going on to, you know, get more time with her. But then at the same time, I'm like, okay, but she also did put me through a lot of childhood trauma and I can't necessarily just like forget about all of that. So 
Well, you know, they but, say forgi- forgiveness is one thing, but you're not into, you, but you, you know, you can't forget. No, no. And it's, and that was a big part of therapy too, is like trying to deal with all of the grief around her death while also still not, you know, forgetting or, or just like pushing aside all of the stuff that I still went through as a child dealing with, you know, her being unmedicated, me being unmedicated. So it's, it was, and it's still, you know, a process that I'm going through right now, but, um, it's difficult. That part is definitely difficult. Well, I will say for the fact that you in the future agreed to become a mother biologically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, being diagnosed and in therapy and in treatment and stuff, it makes us like hyper aware yeah. At least it makes me hyper aware of my children. And I noticed things that my children have done that my parents didn't see or just didn't want to see. Yeah. Yeah. And I was able to get them help and intervention and people to talk to and, and things like that because our oldest suffers with depression and ADHD. Mm. And we, we together were able to spot it rather quickly because we were so hypersensitive to it. Yeah. And I think that's definitely, you know, that's what my boyfriend has mentioned too, is just, you know, the signs to look for Mm -hmm. and you, you are able to get that intervention, you know, earlier on in their life to really kind of set them up better for the rest of their life so that they're not having to go through the same things that, that we went through. And it's, it's just, it's a different time now. It's, I feel like it's just, well, it's talked about so much more than like, when I mean, you get on something like TikTok and it's like, you're being diagnosed with ADHD and autism (laughs) all the time. Right. Like, you're like, this is what it feels like if you have this disorder. I I mean, we definitely have kind of maybe swung the pendulum a little bit too too far on that side, but at least we're getting away, you know, we're getting away from ending all of that, you know, weird stigma around it, that bad, you know, thoughts around it. So this newer generation is at least talking about it because like you said, our parents didn't talk about it. My God. It just wasn't talked about. It wasn't. It just was. And even, even in, you know, my generation, it was still kind of like, a little taboo to go to therapy and stuff and it was still like oh you go to therapy and it's like yes yeah, i go to therapy and you I wouldn't love even my talk- therapist i love talking to her she helps me but you wouldn't say that it's not like you would tell your friends that you were in therapy but like now all of a sudden it's like that's what you talk about over coffee was your therapy session mm-hmm. yesterday like mm-hmm. it's so crazy how far we've come with this people right at work they'll say you know different jobs i've had yeah you know i you know i was telling my therapist this or you know it's it's, become such a lexicon like it's part of our lexicon now it's like your pastor or your priest you know rabbi it's like yeah my therapist you know yeah and it's i mean it's great it's great i i really love it i really love that you know people are being more open about this and just more receptive to like getting help. Yeah. So. I mean, and that's, that's like the main catalyst of this show, right? That's why we started this show. Yeah. So I think it's awesome when people like you are, you know, willing to come on and bear your soul to the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, to the listeners. <laughs> I'm because- able to do this because I went to therapy. If you, if I had tried to do this, you know, even three or four years ago, I would have been crying my eyes out already and 
going to therapy has just made a lot of this stuff, you know, it doesn't make it less, it doesn't make it easier to talk about, but it does make it easier to talk about, you know, yeah. without, without having all of the emotion behind it. I can talk about it in a more rational way. Yeah, it's like it's like it it helps remove the trauma from it, right? So yes. now it's not traumatic. It's just a thing that I have that I deal with. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I did um for my for my assault, I actually did EMDR therapy. I don't know if you That's guys have heard popular. of that one. Yeah, that one's very yeah. popular. That was and this was back in 2017 that I did that. And so it was a little like less known about i guess mm -hmm. but that stuff worked wonders too i mean that really really helped me process my assault um and i was in the middle of doing it with for my childhood trauma um with a different therapist before my insurance changed which yeah, yeah well um so that yeah that was a really wonderful experience as well that kind of helped me process all of that and i feel like that kind of helped set the precedent for the rest of my therapy experiences of just getting me into that right mindset of this is going to be really hard work. This is really going to suck during the process, but you are going to come out of it better for it. Yeah. Wow. Well, and that's the other thing is therapy is hard. Oh my God. It's so hard. It's so hard. <laughs> if, if you're doing it right, it's hard. Exactly. Yeah. If it's too easy, you're probably not working hard enough then. <laughs> you're not you're not pulling the rug back far enough if it's too yep. easy. Yep. I don't know. Exactly. My my wife's therapist have made her go soft. She's a I know. I she's have a turned different into person. Such a little soft, <laughs> you know, she's definitely different. She'll cry at anything now. I know. I'm like I'm, I'm like weepy and like I gotta rub her hair every I'm night. Attention. Yeah. Cuddle. Everything I wanted in the first like ten years of my marriage, and I had to learn her love language. Well, her love language has definitely changed now. It changes yeah. over the years, throughout the years. Actually, changed for the better because I'm really happy that you want affection. Yeah, me. now I want affection. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's wonderful. While, that's wonderful. While I'm old and decrepit, now that I'm like middle aged. <laughs> now now my you want the affection. Yeah, now you want affection when I have arthritis setting in. Right. No, I'm <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show and for sharing your story. And yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm at a point now where I feel like I can be a good mental health advocate for other people, you know, and I feel like I'm kind of the, the evidence of it myself. You know, people are always like, wow, you just seem so like normal. You seem so, and I'm just like, well, yeah, I went to therapy and I'm on medication. I'm like, I'm not a normal person, but I'm here and I'm not in my bed. I'm not crying. I'm not out destroying things or, you know, obsessively cleaning or manic buying things. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say I'm well adjusted to my current life. Her Bergdorf's card is finally like at zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so one thing that we do for the show, uh, we have new elements this year, and Rebecca will read her proverb of the week. But after that, we'll play a song of the week. And we'd like to give our guests an opportunity to choose a song. And I think you did, but why don't you tell everyone, um, you know, what that song is? Yeah, so it's a little bit of, uh, I guess, a more underground kind of song. I actually, I love using the Spotify Discover Weekly playlist because it finds me these amazing songs that I'm like, oh, I got to add that to my playlist. So it's called God of Joy um, mm -hmm. by Anthem. 
and I just really love the beat behind it. It's something that I just jam out to in my car, and I can be bawling my eyes out in my car because that's when I love to cry, and I can put that song on, and I'm like, okay, it's fine now. <laughs> it is a good song. You guys are going to like it. Yeah. How about you dollars to donuts? That's Joelle who jumped on. No, Joelle has her own username. Oh, she does? Yeah. Oh, she, she likes to always have the weird letters, too. Um, anyway, anyway, I digress. I'm sorry. I'm almost like having a, 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 a cab moment. Um, but in, anyway, yeah. So why don't you tell everyone where they can find you if you... If you want people to find you. Right. <laughs> you can... I'm on Facebook um, under my name. Um, most of my profile is private, though. But I do have an Instagram that is public. It is horse crazy vet tech with periods in between each word. Um, I post my crazy dogs, my crazy horse, and my crazy self. Oh, you need to follow Rebecca's McCritters. Our, yeah. We, we, yeah, we have a whole thing. We, oh, we have cool. a whole thing. We got, we got chickens and geese and goats, and we have well, a whole. And, I have and a one-winged cockatiel. So. Well, and you're a small animal that I've got guinea pigs and a lizard. So. Oh, I love guinea pigs. Yeah, we have. You can a... come have them if you want because the kids are not taking care of them. We have oh. a. Actually, my dad would love them. He His last guinea pig finally just died, and I think he misses having them. When is he moving over here again? <laughs> I'll drive down there. We, we have a trio of brothers. Aw. Yeah, they, they need friends. They need friends always. Three. Yes. Either that or I'll sit in a Peru, become cooey. No, they're, they're bigger in Peru. These are going to not be. Oh, not enough meat. Not enough yeah. meat. They're not juicy enough. Yeah, nope. Exactly. Yeah, um, right, well, so that sounds like a really good. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your story. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and uh, it's very brave. It, it will be posted, just so you know. We okay. go live on Fridays, but it'll be posted on Sunday at eight a.m. Sunday at gotcha. eight a.m. And it's going to okay. be on everything. It'll be on Spotify, on Apple, all of them, oh, all over the place. Yeah. So, I know my boyfriend was looking for the link to it because he's like, "I want to listen to," it. and I'm like, "Okay, if you want to." Yeah, absolutely. Tell him to tell him to listen to it. Okay. Sharon. You know, you know what's agitating is that we're on every platform, even Deezer, which is one of the big ones in the United Kingdom. Yeah. And Pandora won't even let us on. We're not so, cool enough. Yeah, we're not cool so enough for Pandora. We're on iHeart, <laughs> Apple, like TuneIn. We're everywhere. Wow. I, well, you the, know what? That just goes to show you that Pandora is just not cool enough for you. Right? Pandora is like a dying. Yeah, it's dying. It is. It is. It's all Spotify Pandora. and Apple Podcasts now. That's what it is now. And right. you can find us there. So Exactly. Well, thank you very much, and uh, and definitely would love to see you again and learn Absolutely. about your progress. What, any any uh, wedding plans coming up? Well, we have to get to the point of getting an engagement ring first, Ooh. but. <laughs> We have, I have my I have my heart set on maybe next year. Maybe next year we'll have one. So you already picked out your ring. You told him what you wanted, didn't you? <laughs> I haven't told him, but I have definitely talked about it a lot around in front of his phone. So I'm hoping Facebook will pick up on it. There you go. There what you what go. Is it? is it five carrots, Harry Winston? The FBI inside the phone. It no, has it's... to be something very hardy. And oh. not too expensive because it is going to be going to the barn with me, and I will feel yep. really bad if I mess it up. Well, that's true. Yep. No, I like you. Yeah, you, yeah. That's and right. she's a vet tech. She's she got her hands tech. and all kinds of stuff. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't want Harry actually, Winston. I had Winston. a dog pee in my pocket this morning at work nice. on my phone. Nice. So that was that's really excellent. fun. 
Nice. Yeah, you know what? My wife loves animals so much that some days I feel like I myself would get replaced in the bed by our I great got, Dane. Right <laughs> after we got, you would, right after we got um, our new phones, we upgraded and we got new phones. I was in the, I was in the yard and a goat headbutted me and my phone oh went my into gosh. the chicken bowl. And I was like, ah, but apparently these new phones are waterproof. So they are pretty hardy. I mean, it has survived <laughs> dog pee, anal glands, blood, poop. So I think it'll be okay. Yeah, it, it survived, but I was it's very survived. mad at the goat. God bless very yeah. mad at the goat. all of you, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, oh God, no. No, 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 we're no. Taking, we're kind of taking a gross turn for this now. Well, no, you know, I freak out when when she says stuff like, oh, yeah, our dog needs to have her glands expressed. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Yep. That is I, something I love when the husbands bring the dogs in and they go, my wife told me something about anal glands. I can't tell if she's messing with me or not. And I'm like, no, I'll do the real thing. I was like, we'll put a finger up your dog's butt and see if they need to be done. He's That's like, just wrong. Okay. It's very violating. It's wrong. The dog yeah. can't even have a say. You know, nope. just squeeze their glands. But yeah, it's better it's than important. an infected and abscessed anal gland. So yeah, you don't want to abscess on your butt. Nope, That's it is not worst. fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've never had an abscess on my butt, so I can only imagine. <laughs> I've never had an abscess. So. Oh, yeah, I have not either. But it's they are just... very painful. They look very painful. So yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, good. Well, all right. Well, thank you very much for being on the show, and um, take care and be well, and definitely stay in touch on social. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me on. This was a lot of fun. Thank no, you. No all right. So that was a good week. That was a good show. Yeah. That was definitely Are a good gonna show. Are you going to play my new music? Yeah. I'm, well, I'm teeing it up now okay. for you. I have new proverb music now. All right. Let's get into this proverb of the week. Okay. So the proverb of the week that I have is if you can't live longer, live deeper. Italian proverb. Ooh. I like that one. I like that one too. If you can't live longer, live, live deeper. deeper. Wow. And I think that's very poignant for us with bipolar because, you know, we have a shorter lifespan just overall. So, yes, yes. if we can't live longer, we need to live deeper. Well, and yeah, absolutely. And enjoy every minute of every turn. Yes. That's very good. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, honey. Yes, I like that one. That was very good. Let's cheer. All right. Well, well, everyone, thank you for, uh, for, for joining us for another week of Bipolar Girl. And definitely have a great week. And you heard it uh, from Chloe uh, Roz, who said, God of joy, kind of underground. Actually, I heard it. It's pretty nifty. So. It's pretty good. Yeah. So enjoy it. Have a great week, everyone. Say bye, honey. Bye, honey. <laughs> bye. A-N-T. Uh, yeah. This is A-M-G. Uh-huh. Better wait and see. Esquire. Uh-huh. Pre-game in the penthouse suite. Fucked up at the Gansevoort. We ain't finna get no sleep. Sunrise, you be dancing more. I, Vinny, chase my shots to the dome. So lost up in Babylon. You, Poppy, and you look like Sloan. 
maybe you should tag along uh, Peep my nonchalance, just walked in with my entourage uh, Girls looking like concubines, champagne cork and I'm popping mines Replay everything that you saw, bright lights will attract you all High heels in the bathroom stall, Miss Snow White with the black new bra See how well we dress, from the west side to the L.E.S. Roll right in, you can tell we next, give me good drinks and some healthy sex I'm trying to fit my plans in, but I can't quit glancing They just sit romancing, two Scarlett Johansons I can't feel my face, heartbeat loud when I feel that bass Trick up my sleeve, here's my ace, life for the party, clear my space Wait, bye bye to the late night, send a drink right back if it ain't right Good night, nah, ain't quite, till we both pass out in the daylight Uh-huh, yeah A designer and a model Let me remind ya Bring your home girl, it's my honor Looking just like Zoe Saldana Cyclops, the one-eyed man All I see is a one-night stand Trying to have all the fun I can But this night ain't the one I planned Oh, I predicted the game right How it gets so addicted I can't fight I gotta respect your love Roll five deep like the breakfast club And I do know who you are Even though I'm a bachelor uh, Goddamn, you a shooting star And I really wanna capture ya and I really want to capture ya. You know, like, take you home and shit. Uh, yeah, this is AMG. Better wait and see. 